If today were a science fiction movie, you'd be shaking your head at the news. Today, Huxley reads like a prophecy. Orwell's saying, I told you so's from the grave. And the ghost of Ayn Rand weeps in the dark. None of it makes any sense. Well, the people have had it. Now, before you reach for revolution, take a deep breath and put in a few moments identifying fact from science fiction. And for that clarity, you need the truth. You need TNN, the Truth News Network. And Dan Newman. Oh my God, is our world not full of disruption, disorganization, lying, cheating, government use of the American people? And I'm not talking about Soviet Union, even the current Russia or Red China or North Korea. I'm talking about the United States of America. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to TNN Live. It is loaded here this morning. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. But let me tell you what we've got to do. We've got to buckle down. We've got to really get ready because our nation is headed to war. I really mean we're headed to war. Glenn Beck, one of the greatest statesmen, conservative statesmen of the last century, is going to join us this morning, and you're going to hear from him as he portends what is inevitable. And it's not just him. We're going to Australia this morning. As our friends at Sky News, they talk about putting in perspective of world politics what this witch hunt, witch hunt number four or five, if you're keeping count, I don't know how many there are for Donald Trump. No. We're not in the tank for Donald Trump. We're in the tank for true conservatism in our nation. We want it back. We want it back. And they took it from us in this last election. And yes, it was taken from us. Well, it was only, you know, a few votes over here in this state and a few in that state. Well, how many are okay with you? How many votes is it okay to, you know, cheat with? or hold, or how many stuffed ballots are okay with you? We have so many things to talk about this Monday. Let me, let, me, let me just tell you this. If you got somebody close that you really feel like needs to hear some facts about what's going on, maybe they're afraid. Maybe fear is tearing them up. We've got their answers for them this morning. And oh, no, 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 it's not, it's not politics. It's not TNN Live. It's about a relationship with God where fear disappears. Get set. This show has the probability of changing your life, which you're going to hear. The morning finds me here at heaven's door. A place I've been so many times before. Thoughts and phrases start to flow And carry me to places that I know so well But dare I go where I don't understand And do I dare remember where I am I stand before the great eternal throne The one that God himself is seated on and I've been in the 
with the hope that slumbers in my soul Stir the fire inside and make it grow I'm trusting in a love that has no end The savior of this world has called me friend and I I've been invited with the sun some reason you started the show with that particular song this morning, Dan? Yeah, it is. Everybody's looking at this week. Everybody on the planet. I mean, anybody that's got access to social media or television, they're breathlessly waiting to see what happens tomorrow in Manhattan. It's going to be something. It's going to be historical, no doubt about it. Never before a U.S. president indicted and charged for any crime. 
Now, if you put this whole thing in context of what we Americans have watched play out through the years, it's really no surprise, and it shouldn't shock anybody. He, Donald Trump, has been the thorn in the flesh of anybody that's far left. I don't care how far left you are. I don't care where you are in the political blogosphere. If you are looking at Washington, D.C. today, the same way you did when you lived through the four years of the Trump presidency, you are a hardcore sycophant that refused to to face facts. Facts are, I don't care if you like him, dislike him, I don't care if you hate him. You can't change facts because of the way you feel about anything. You can change the way you feel, but you can't alter the facts. Neither can I. Facts live in a vacuum. You can contest them all you want, but if they're facts, they're absolute. We need to just stop right there. What are the facts? You know what they are. Your life was better in almost every way. Your pocketbook was better in almost every way. The dollar that you had in your pocketbook went a whole lot further than it does today. There was not the mass chaos and anger and hatred. Well, there was some, but nothing like we're experiencing today. Our world is not the same. It's not as good today as it was three or four years ago. Nobody can credibly disagree with that. So everybody on the left thinks, hey, this is this is cool. I watched over the weekend, Maxine Waters went absolutely nuts with joy. She was like a little girl on Christmas morning talking about Trump being indicted and facing the law beginning tomorrow in Manhattan. Giddy. This should be the saddest day in Americans' lives. Sadder even than the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Now, you may disagree with that, but what happened at Pearl Harbor Harbor was a wake-up call to the sleeping giant in the West, the United States of America, and it pulled America together again. I don't want a Pearl Harbor to make that happen, anything like it. I don't want us to go back to needing people to die in a war to just show us how precious is our freedom, how great is our nation when it's operating based on that freedom that it was founded on. I don't like the fact that this weekend I watched one of my United States senators in Louisiana get up and try to explain why he voted to impeach Donald Trump. I'm talking about Senator Bill Cassidy. Or why our buddy from West Virginia, Joe Manchin, did the same thing this weekend. They looked at this, what's about to happen, and said it doesn't even compare to why they voted to impeach Trump before. Again, making excuse. Look, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. We all are. But you know what is better than just acknowledging being wrong? It's to let everybody know that you just blasted the 
person that you were wrong about. Just let everybody to know the same way. Hey, I was wrong. I'm a big guy. I'm a big girl. I can say I was wrong and just walk on. We're not seeing much of that today. In the show today, we have a lot. I gave you a, a little kind of roadmap of where we're going before we listen to that great song, Great Expectations. We've got Glenn Beck coming up. We have Mike Johnson, Congressman Mike Johnson, 4th Congressional District. Uh, We have Bill Maher on the show today. I bet that'll shock you. (laughs) Bill Maher didn't, you don't hear him very often here. And then Sky News down in Australia. They've got some stuff for you that is going to help you and me put everything in perspective. And I want to get started, but first, I just want to share a few of my thoughts with you. You know, we all know this indictment's still sealed. We don't know what's in it. Nobody in news media knows what's in it. The court and the court officers are the only ones we know of that know what's in it. It's still sealed. Every indication is that the case against Trump that's about to roll out is extremely flimsy on its merits. And based upon the little nuggets that are leaked, it's especially shabby given the historic importance of a first-ever indictment of a former president. Now, he's accused of a lot of things. One of them is hush payments. Now, that may be a sleazy thing, no doubt about it, but they are legal. You knew that, didn't you? Hush payments are legal. The violation of law in the Daniels payment may have been how it was logged in the Trump organization accounts. The payment was agreed to near the end of the 26 campaign, and then Trump fixer Michael Cohen, he paid it with his own money, and he said Trump reimbursed him across 2017, but then Cohen wrote a letter that negated that. He said nobody in the Trump family nor the Trump organization knew anything about it, that he paid it, and he paid it back out of his own money. He never was reimbursed. In a letter, he said that. The left won't tell us that. We actually read the letter that Cohen wrote negating all of this stuff that we're hearing about in mainstream media. In the Trump organization books, the payments were called legal expenses if... In the books, they were logged the way that the left tell us they were. And even if they were, the way they were logged suggests that they were for ongoing legal work. It could be that this was dishonest. But even if it was, at most, it's a misdemeanor based in the law. The idea of going after a former president, that in itself just blows my mind with all the political consequences that are involved. Remember, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Once it's out, it's out. Observe that no minimally self-respecting prosecutor would even do it. And in walks Alvin Bragg. So what's the question about this? Well, The question then was how to bootstrap, this is Alvin Bragg thinking, bootstrap up the alleged misdemeanor and turn it into a felony. 
Now, remember, we're not talking about federal law in this case. We're talking about New York law. Under New York law, the false bookkeeping, it could be a felony. They could look at it and maybe have some possibility of bootstrapping it up to a felony if it was in service of another crime, which Alvin Bragg apparently thinks was a campaign finance violation. However, it's not clear that the payment was a campaign finance violation at all. Trump and his supporters can plausibly argue that he wished to avoid personal embarrassment. I I can understand that. It's easy to imagine the same people going after Trump now, equally objecting, if he had used campaign funds on grounds that a payment resulting from an alleged affair is a personal matter. But then you have this other thing that's hanging out there that the left won't talk about. Stormy Daniels herself, she wrote a letter and she went postal in the letter and said she never had sex with Donald Trump in the first place, which the former president said at the very beginning, the whole thing was a sham, according to him. Then there's another problem. The campaign finance offense would be a violation of federal and not state law. And such a crime has never been prosecuted in New York. The charges against Trump there are not federal. Federal prosecutors looked at these allegations. They never picked it up. Alvin Bragg looked at them when he first got in his office and he refused to pick him up and try to do something with him. He didn't do it. Therefore, there's a question of whether the statute of limitations has expired. And also of the credibility of two of the star witnesses, confessed fraudster Michael Cohen and a porn star. (laughs) There's so many other things that are just waving their hands and saying, ooh, 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 come tell me. I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in on facts. There's a reason that this case that federal prosecutors passed on and that Cyrus Vance, you remember him? Former prosecutor that filled Bragg's spot and he retired. Cy Vance decided it wasn't worth pursuing and Cy Vance can't stand Donald Trump. Bragg was going to pick up a larger business case against Trump, but when he dropped that and progressives were outraged that he dropped it, he went back and he jumped on Stormy Daniels' payment, which she said she never made. Bragg promised to prosecute Trump during his campaign for DA. And he got a million bucks from billionaire George Soros, did Alvin Bragg in his campaign. All signs point to this being an instance of promises made, promises kept. But deciding that a certain individual should be prosecuted and then going to twist the law to find a way to nail him, it's a gross violation of how our system of justice is supposed to work. Bragg is going to create an unprecedented situation with a former president and the leading candidate, by the way, for a major party nomination, dragged through a criminal case. 
while he's running for president. Whatever happened to that mantra that Democrats screamed and hollered for months and months and months? Oh, Department of Justice, you never do or take criminal action against anybody running for president during a campaign. Whatever happened to that? It should be incumbent on everybody to avoid any and all of this irresponsible rhetoric. Of course, Trump, with his taste for the incendiary and the conspiratorial about everything, he's not going to do that and trust that the system is going to ultimately reach the correct collusion. And if it is collusion, if it's not just the correct conclusion, even if Bragg is abusing it. In sheer political terms, Trump's going to benefit, at least in the short and medium term, from the attention and the Republican sympathy that will come with the indictment. Any further indictments, whatever the merits, will inevitably be discredited to some extent or even all the way through by Bragg going first with these dubious charges. And we think we know what the consequences of all this are going to be. We don't have a clue. We don't know what's going to happen. We haven't been through this before. The nation never has. Circle back Saki. She came out this weekend with the best advice for Democrats regarding all this. (laughs) And I know you're saying, you're going to quote (laughs) Jen Saki? Yeah. In her show, And I'm not even sure what show she's on on CNN. Whatever it was, I just saw the vignette from it. She advised Democrats to run from this. Stay away from it. Let the legal process play out. If you go all in on this, you may see and you may likely see exactly what you saw. The Russian, Russian, Russian collusion hoax, and then Mueller, and then impeachment one, impeachment two, and every one of those embolden Donald Trump. And the American people embolden the American people to the fact that something ain't right in this nation right now. It's getting out of hand. Many people feel it's far too far. We can't pull it back now. I'm not one of those people. I'm not. But there are some road signs out there that are getting really, really dire in their predictions. If we don't get this thing, this ship righted, and get it righted very quickly. One of those people is Glenn Beck. Now, you may not have liked Glenn Beck when he was on Fox News. He was a young guy. He was abrasive. He was out there. And many times people thought that all of the stuff that he would give us at Fox News and his show were just nuts. And guess what? None of them were. He left and he was a co-founder of Blaze Network, Blaze TV, and he's still there. And Glenn Beck is Glenn Beck. Tucker Carlson brought him back. And I don't want to scare you. I'm not a purveyor of the world's going to end or Earth's over or any of those kind of harsh predictions. 
I'm not one of those people. But when somebody that has made it right every time it's been predicted and they come out and start talking, I at least listen to them. And that's what I want you to do right now. So when the history of cable news is written, assuming anyone bothers to write it, but if it ever is written, Glenn Beck will have his own chapter as possibly the greatest synthesizer of big ideas ever to appear on camera. And a lot of people made fun of Glenn Beck over the years for that, but if you go back and watch the tape, you will find out that maybe more than any other person on television, Glenn Beck got it right again and again and again. So we thought tonight is the perfect opportunity to hear from him. He's the co-founder of Blaze Media. He's just written a book called The Great Reset. And he joins us now for an overview of what we're watching. Glenn Beck, thank you so much for coming on tonight. How, how, how you. would you interpret kind of you this? To say. Well, it's true. So let me, I, I've got a couple of things here for you. Um, let me just go through. I'm going to bring, a, I think, a different perspective to this. We have the banking crisis. They say it's fine. It's just beginning. We, um, yesterday, we had the Saudis and uh, Brazil and um, uh, China enter a deal to where the petrodollar is over. Brazil and China are going to uh, trade in their own currency. That's the beginning of the end of our currency. That means a dollar collapse. That yes. means we become Venezuela. We will have war with China. We will have war with Russia and Iran. Uh, we have the restrict bill. We have social media and our NSA and everybody else in bed with each other, silencing people. We, of course, have the raccoon dogs, which we all know is bullcrap. Um, and now this week, we have a new uh, gun grab that they're trying to do. Um, Biden and his family taking money from the Chinese. What do you think this Donald Trump thing is really all about? The, American, the America that we knew, the fundamental transformation that started in 2008 is finished. We are no longer viewed as a superpower. We are now a, an elderly, we're Joe Biden, just walking into the twilight. What this is all about, I believe, is trying to inflame this country. Is in, they've wanted violence from the right from the beginning. They can't yeah. wait it. They need it. Because if we strike out, Look at January 6th, the day they're letting the shaman out of prison because it was all trumped up. Thank you, Tucker Carlson, for uh, revealing this. The day they're letting him out, they do this to Donald Trump. They want you to strike out. Why? Because then they can close the cage. I'm going to make another prediction for you, uh, Tucker. You said I got it right. Well, everything I've been talking about since 08, this is the time. I'm going to make a prediction. By 2025, we are going to be at war. We are going to have a new dollar, a currency that it probably is coming from the central bank. We'll have a currency collapse, uh, and we will live in a virtual police state. I know that might sound crazy to a lot of people. It's not far off. The, the Bill of Rights is gone Nobody is paying attention. Where are the Republicans? Where are the decent Democrats that can see this is, this is insanity? B Donald Trump, the reason why 
this is going to um, help Donald Trump, and that's why I don't think they're doing it so he can't run. They're doing it because they want people to strike out. Please turn to God, repent, pray for our country, pray for peace, put on the full armor of God. But here's what's really what they miss. Donald Trump is not even a person anymore. He is a symbol. He is a symbol of the average everyday guy that keeps getting screwed every single time. Watches other people screw up big banks, screw up their companies, and get away with it. They see people all the time doing stuff that they know if they did, they'd be in prison for 20 years. But because they're not part of the elite, they get away with it. Donald Trump has taken arrow after arrow, and that's why this is the way the average American feels tonight. I hope that there's a few Democrats out there, but this guy has been taking the bullets for the average person now for years. And people on the right feel like he's the only guy that really gets what the people are feeling and it's uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna end well uh, for the Democrats in the next election. It's just not. I don't know if Donald Trump is the winner or not, but I will tell you this: you're not going to stop a hundred million people. This country is in shambles, and there's going to be a hundred million people that will walk on broken glass and through fire to vote for someone other than this corrupt banana republic administration. That's, I think, exactly right. Glenn Beck, wow. I'm going to be processing that for a couple days. I really appreciate you. your coming on tonight. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Tucker. Thank you. When Tucker Carlson says, I'm going to be processing for that a couple of days, Tucker Carlson is one of the most intellectual thinkers of our age And Glenn Beck just basically blew his mind. You heard him, Glenn Beck, you heard him pause a little bit, and he said this. This is how most Americans feel. In the video, what he did was he reached over and grabbed one of those red MAGA hats and put it on. There's a lot of truths buried in what you just heard. I mean, a bunch. And if you will start analyzing what you just heard for yourself objectively, and that's hard. It's hard for me to objectively analyze pretty much everything I, I see and hear today. We've got more similar stuff coming up in the show today. Throughout the morning, I encourage you to stay right here. And if you can't, I know Monday mornings, any weekday morning, two hours is a big offering that few of us have the ability to make. If you miss any of them, never miss them. Go back and find the show and listen to it in its entirety. There are 27 different places you can go, 28 if you count our website, and get every one of these shows that turns into a podcast five minutes after the show is over every day. And I'm talking about places like Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, even Facebook. Oh, my gosh. You can get it on Facebook or Google, for that matter. TNN Live is the name of it. I promised you, you're going 
you're going to hear all kinds of things this morning that you're going to want to go back and analyze for yourself. This is going to be a very important week for you. And it's not all about Donald Trump. It's not. In fact, in the midst of all of this, I think maybe they've been hiding some things that they didn't want us to see or hear. And everything is about anti-Trump. Don't even think about the Biden family syndicate. Don't even think about all the money that we now know for sure they did get. And there are 11 other such incidents that the House of Representatives has details on. They don't want you to think about any of that. All they want you to think about is orange man bad, orange man bad. And that's okay if that's how you feel. You've got to deal with that. But the other things that we have been pushing back against, we being every conservative, the other things include things like they have really turned on a political machine to stop you and I from being able to speak freely. Our own congressman here from the 4th Congressional District of Louisiana, he was in a congressional hearing. And he brought in a witness. You're not going to believe what you hear, but that's up next. Don't miss it. Back in two minutes. I pass through the trees. I leave behind the mountains. I weave in the air. I fly over the birds. And I wish... When I complete my journey, I leave behind a better world. Honda Civic Hybrid, India's first hybrid car with IV Tech engine. Leave behind a better world. Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America. OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit Orphan.org. Des Moines HelpWanted.com salutes the employee of the month. The one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. Dave, we need to talk about your sick days. What seems to be the problem, Mr. Employee of the Month? Last week you were out all five days. I was sick. Thanks for checking in. You posted on social media that you were at a comedy club on Monday. Laughter is the best medicine. An outdoor barbecue on Tuesday. Feed a cold, starve a fever, or whichever one needs to be fed. That's the one I had. Okay, Wednesday you took a selfie. Hashtag faking sick. That was supposed to say freaking sick. Thursday you were at an amusement park. Somebody stole my phone. They stole your phone and uploaded photos of you at an amusement park. Yes, fake news. Friday, you tailgated in the employee parking lot. Friday's basically the weekend. Everyone knows that. If you don't mind hiring Daves, go to the huge national job boards. That's probably what you'll get. But if you want more employees of the month, go where local job seekers find good local jobs. We don't discriminate against people named Dave. Dave is a common name, fun to say, and so we're using it as a catch-all for lackluster employees everywhere. Please don't write us to tell us you were insulted by this ad. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Too much spin on your plate? How about a diet of truth? The Truth News Network sets your table. And here again to serve it up is Dan Newman. Truth, facts, First Amendment, the ability to speak freely. Oh, and then there's a Second Amendment thing. You know, the gun thing. Everybody can own a gun if they do it in 
in uh, legal fashion. All of those, those other ideas are old and just worn out, right? And then enter 15, 20 years ago, the internet, social media. Oh my goodness, now everybody gets a chance to express themselves easier and in a fashion that nobody ever thought would happen on the planet Earth. Free speech. Free speech. You got the right in the United States to speak your mind, no matter what your mind may be, nor who it might offend. However, that has changed. And it's changed in this way. The Biden administration... They don't like that if it offends them. If in any way any American says something that is a pushback against something that they have thrown out there as being fact, and we find out through social media that, oh, it wasn't true. Oh, they don't like to be found out to be wrong. It's not so much Americans are concerned about our government making a mistake, but when our government censors what you and I can and cannot say. And in fact, they don't just want it to stop. They collude with big social media companies to stop it from even being heard. And they've got a name for it, misinformation or disinformation. And we can't let any of these people get out on a limb and say things that aren't true. That's misinformation, and we need to protect the nation from all of that. I told you Mike Johnson weighed in on this in a committee hearing the other day. I thank the gentlelady. The irony is so thick in the room today that you could cut it with a knife. First of all, the Democrat's sole witness is this gentleman that comes to us from the Constitutional Law Center at Stanford Law School, where less than two weeks ago, the dean had to order mandatory training in the First Amendment to (laughs) faculty and students after her apology for the debacle of them shouting down a Fifth Circuit appellate court judge. Were you present for that event? No, I was not. Okay. Well, and you just told us that we basically, that the media networks need to censor viewpoints they disagree with. It's unbelievable. The other irony is that our Louisiana Attorney General, Jeff Landry, just explained to us in detail and put on a brilliant presentation with all the evidence pointing out that there is literally a censorship enterprise now in the Biden administration. And not five minutes later, our colleagues over here objected and wanted to strike his testimony as being too objectionable. I mean, we're illustrating the point right here as all of you talk. Many actors in the Biden administration, many of them, have and continue to harass and pressure social media companies to censor COVID-19 content. That's just one of the subcategories here that I wanted to drill down on. That doesn't align with their chosen narrative because when, when people talk about the origins or the effectiveness of lockdowns or the mass mandates, et cetera, or the benefits of natural immunity, they wanted to censor and silence that, and they did. <clears throat> Through the great work, um, Mr. Sauer, of you and many others in the states of Louisiana and Missouri, Uh, We now know that there was a coordinated campaign of both public and private pressure against the social media platforms. And who did it come from? As you've pointed out, President Biden himself, senior White House staff, Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, Murthy, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the CDC, they targeted opposing COVID viewpoints. They targeted the viewpoints, folks. If you're watching at home, they they volume censored you. They turned you down and they kicked people off the platforms because they said things that went against the administration's narrative. One piece of COVID information that President Biden's administration labeled as misinformation was the belief that the virus originated from a lab in China. We now know 
That is no longer just a theory, it's likely true, as some of the agencies of the government have had to admit now. Dr. Fauci himself was instrumental in contradicting the lab leak discourse from the very beginning of the, camp the pandemic. And listen, everybody needs to pay attention to this. He commissioned a research paper to discredit the theory. Can you please share with us what his interest was in covering up the lab leak theory, Mr. Sauer? What do you think about that? Thank you, Congressman. The evidence in our case indicates that going back to 2011, Dr. Fauci had been a public advocate in favor of uh, uh, gain-of-function research that, starting at least in 2014, NIAID, under his direction, had publicly funded gain-of-function research on bat coronaviruses in uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and that in early 2020, when the uh, virus was new, he became aware from briefings from his staff uh, uh, and emails from uh, Jeremy Farrar of the Wellcome Institute in the United Kingdom that there was a grave risk that the, uh, the, the virus had, in fact, leaked from the, uh, that, that, that institution where NIAID-funded research gain-of-function on viruses had been conducted. And uh, uh, you see a, a, an elaborate plot, a deceptive plot, to try and discredit that theory at that time. And NIAID was his agency. When he was asked at a White House briefing about this report that he commissioned, he claimed he was unfamiliar with the authors of the study, even though he was instrumental in every single step of its creation. I have a video, if we can play that real quickly. We'll look at it in his own words. Go ahead. All right, well, they're trying to fix that. What, what Dr. Fauci says there in his own words is that he has no idea anything about the authors of the study, even though he's the one that orchestrated the whole thing. Uh, when he was asked in a deposition about his role in suppressing the lab leak origin theory, among other things, he said, and we have another video, it's not going to work, I'm sure, he said 300-something times that he doesn't recall, he doesn't remember. Um, he isn't the only bad actor. Mr. Sauer, can you please elaborate on the ripple effects of President Biden publicly saying social media companies are killing people by failing to remove COVID information that his party disagrees with? Evidence indicates that that was a critical watershed in the Biden administration's pressure campaign to attack Facebook in particular, but also social media platforms in 2021. And what you see is these amazing emails right after that July 16, 2021 comment from President Biden that they're killing people from very senior Facebook, C-suite Facebook executives desperately scrambling to get back in the White House's good graces and assuring them, we will do what you want. We will carry out, quote, what the White House expects of us on misinformation going forward. It has an incredible effect of chilling the speech of Americans. I yield back. Can you believe this kind of stuff? We're hearing it in front of Congress now and nobody, nobody in the Biden administration will come out and address these specific things that we hear as we hear them. I don't, I don't want to scare anybody today. I don't believe in using fear to manipulate anybody, but it happens so much that it's become normalized. It's like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. I don't want to be trite. I don't want to be trivial, but it, it reminds me of that story I heard as a kid. You got two pans of water and two frogs. If you boil the pan of water and just throw the frog into the pan of water, the 
frog will immediately jump out. But if you take the other pan, it's just normal everyday water. Put the frog in it. Let him just swim around and enjoy it. But you put it on the stove and you turn the fire on and let it over a period of a few minutes, let that water warm up. Frog thinks, wow, gosh, it feels better. It's almost like taking a bath and he just swims around and it gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And if he ever realizes what's going on and he wants to get out of that boiling water, it's too late. It's too late. Listen, we in the United States watched this very thing happen in Eastern Europe. After World War II, that's when we all, I wasn't around, but when I came around and got to be old enough and began to look at history, I realized you don't think for a second the people of Europe just one day woke up and there was a Nazi Germany and a dictator down there that wanted to exterminate six million Jews. Listen, that wasn't even on the landscape of World War II, killing all of those Jews. That wasn't even mentioned. It didn't come up till two years into the war and just one day, one day, Adolf Hitler realized, you know what? Those people I have abhorred for my life, we have so much power here in Europe, we can get rid of all of them. And very quietly, there's a movie out. I, 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 it's a documentary. It came out later. It wasn't anybody knowing anything about it back then. One person, nobody was supposed to take any notes, a group of Hitler's top leaders in every way met way out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the snow in a big, I guess it wasn't a castle, but it was a big conglomerate building. And they met and the conversation was, we need to start exterminating Jews. Am I saying the Biden administration is just like Nazism in World War II? Not saying that at all. I'm just saying evil is what it is. And evil is evil just like the truth sits in a vacuum. So does evil. But evil's got to have a purveyance process. Evil to operate as evil wants to do, has to be used in people and by people. And it's not just about politics, folks. It's about everything. Everything. Am I trying to scare you? Nope. I'm trying to get you to think. What do I, what, I've told you this from the beginning of this show. Just because we say something doesn't make it right. Same thing applies to you. What we do here is we tell you something based upon facts that we've been able to ferret out in a number of ways. I spent a lot of time this weekend in research. I didn't even get out this weekend. Uh, you may be able to tell a little bit. I've, I've been, almost couldn't speak in numerous situations over the weekend. I stayed out of the fray. I didn't even go to church yesterday. And I prayed and I researched. And I found a lot of things that made me uncomfortable, but began to, and in some cases finished, 
finding out some of those things that I was hearing or actually fact, at least based upon the information that's publicly available. And when we do that, it's not to scare anybody. It's so you can make good educated choices for things that you hear right here at TNN Live. Now, what else have I always told you? Just because you hear us say something, that's not, that's not a sign for you to just go all in. What it is is to prod you to go find out for yourself. Let me give you another little one that dropped into our laps this morning. A source close to the Trump legal team said over the weekend that the judge in this case is going to take an unprecedented step to silence Donald Trump. How's he going to do that? I mean, it's a public trial. Anybody can get information about it. Well, not so quick. It's expected this judge is going to put a gag order on Donald Trump and all those that work with him. The gag order, if you don't know what a gag order is, it means nobody can talk about it. Nobody can talk about anything that's being presented in this case in in the trial. Can't discuss it at all. If you do, you're breaking the law. The gag order could potentially undercut Trump's ability to campaign on the issue of legal corruption in the upcoming 2024 primary. A source in the Trump organization said this, and this is a direct quote. The Trump legal team now thinks that the Manhattan judge will take the unprecedented step of silencing the presidential frontrunner with an unconstitutional gag order tomorrow. The Trump legal team is considering adding a First Amendment lawyer to the effort to combat this and will fight it all the way. So one Trump campaign spokesman, Stephen Chung, in response to this news about the gag order, said the former president stands for the freedom of speech and that Americans should be highly concerned about any efforts like this to stifle free speech. President Trump stands for transparency in our American Constitution and any attempt to prevent him, the leading candidate for president, from exercising his First Amendment right is a tyrannical third-world country move which further proves that this is nothing more than a political witch hunt utilizing a weaponized justice system. All Americans should be concerned about their rights being violated and any attempt to obstruct President Trump's right to use his voice in order to speak truth to power should never be tolerated. The whole targeted crusade is a complete political farce by Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, meant to manipulate and interfere with an election against President Trump and his supporters. So what could happen if Trump just thumbed his nose at the judge? Well, if he breaks the gag order, and again, we're, we're considering if the gag order is imposed, it could potentially see him slap with a $1,000 fine and as many as 30 days in jail, according to New York law. Despite this gag order being pending, 
former president still plans to make a speech at Mar-a-Lago tomorrow night after peacefully submitting himself to the prosecution in New York. Now, the Associated Press, listen, the media, they are foaming at the mouth. They want Donald Trump to say anything, give him a microphone, and try to defend himself to the public. And as I told you before that Mike Johnson audio you heard just a minute ago, Jen Psaki, I've, I've not had a lot of respect for her through the years, But when she left the Biden White House, she had learned a lot of things that troubled her. And she advised over the weekend on her show, Democrats, do not pile on in this thing. You will sorely regret it if you do. Associated Press, they're a media outlet. What are they going to do? They're going to do what they do every day. They're going to give people news. And of course, nowadays, we all know pretty much who are those slanted left and those who are conservative. Sadly, far more news outlets are left-leaning. Here's what the AP said, and they happen to be one of the left-leaning organizations. Trump will hold the event, talking about the speech tomorrow night, at his Mar-a-Lago club after returning from Manhattan, where he's expected to voluntarily turn himself in Tuesday. He's expected to join in Florida by supporters as he tries to project an image of strength and defiance and turn the charges into a political asset to boost his 2024 presidential campaign. Trump aides and lawyers had been going back and forth over the wisdom of his appearing before reporters after the arraignment as they grasped the news of the indictment that caught many of them by surprise. Trump has been catapulted back into the headlines by the criminal charges, and he relishes media attention. And while some of his lawyers would have preferred to stay silent, his campaign believes the development has energized his supporters. Trump's attorney, Joe Tacopini, I'd I'd never seen him before. I really like him. He said, we'll take the indictment. We'll dissect it. The team's going to look at every potential issue that we will be able to challenge, and we will challenge. And of course, I very much anticipate, he said, a motion to dismiss coming because there's no law that fits it. (laughs) Why am I chuckling? It doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. If there's a law that fits a potential indictment, all that matters Who controls the law in the United States of America? Joe Biden's Department of Justice. Who decides at the DOJ who's going to be prosecuted and who's not? Well, if you listen to Merrick Garland, if you were with us on Friday, you heard us in a congressional hearing. Garland said again and again when he was asked about what had happened, why this particular move had not been prosecuted, he said over and over again, I didn't know about that. I'm unaware of that. So what does that mean? Prosecutions in the United States have now become the way that they are prosecuted in banana republics. The political class in charge 
determine who gets charged with violations and who doesn't. And the law itself doesn't even weigh into those decisions. That, my friends, should toast you. That should scare all of us. It it really scares me. And I don't scare easily. But if we don't have the rule of law, if we don't have an operating, do we even have a nation? I mean, look at what's happening at our southern border. And now we hear it's happening at our northern border at the same time. People just walking across our borders into our nation. We have no idea who they are. We treat them just like they're perfectly clean and honest. And to begin with, they're not because they're stepping across the border is an act of criminality alone. Just because you think something's right doesn't mean it's right. Just because you think something's wrong doesn't mean it's wrong. But always get the truth about right and wrong here at TNN, the Truth News Network. Does it matter to you that all our chefs are well-trained? Or that our kitchens are both SLSI and GMP certified? That we freshly bake goodies throughout the day? Well, it matters to us to know that your family will enjoy every bite. At Kiehl's, we're fresh because of what we do. But more than that, we're fresh because of you. It's Super Salmon Days down at Fish Brothers. For a limited time, bring in any fish and get a child salmon entree free. You heard right. Bring in any fish and get a free child salmon entree. And I mean any fish. Got a swordfish lying around? Bring it in. Got a goldfish you're sick of feeding? Bring it in. Got a fish that's been sitting in the sun for a few days? Bring it in. We'll throw it in with the rest of them. What we do with the fish is nobody's business but ours. Just enjoy your salmon $8.99 with our famous stew. So, welcome on into Fish Brothers Seafood-themed restaurant, where everything's a great catch. Except the shrimp. I bet you if, if I ask this question, who's that group singing right now? One out of maybe a hundred might know it, but it would be somebody that was in radio back in the 70s like me because uh, I think this was their only hit. If you don't know me by now, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes Kind of a one-hit wonder thing. Good song, too, if you don't really know me by now. Well, I guess maybe that portends our political process right now. I'm about to blow some people's minds with what I'm going to tell you about, especially for those of us that uh, have passed that mid-60s decade when Medicare and Social Security begin to play a, a part in our lives. You know, if you're a Medicare patient, you know what Medicare Advantage is. Medicare Advantage was a process that was created by the real movers and shakers in Medicare. And it's not. There's no big building in D.C. that has the name Medicare on it. It doesn't do it. How do they operate, Dan? That's, I mean, that's a multi-billion dollar operation is Medicare. Well, they contract out 
to commercial insurance companies around the nation. And those insurance companies actually work with a group of bureaucrats, non-elected, all appointed bureaucrats in a specific department of our government. It used to be called HICFA, Healthcare Financing Administration, but they changed it. And I guess they changed it because HICFA was getting so battered in the public, they had to, you know, they had to keep the process in place, but let's change the name. CMS now, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. So several years ago, commercial insurance companies that were processing all the Medicare claims, every one of them that went in. And it was supposed to be treated the same way around the nation. I've been in that business for 30 years. I owned a company that does just that. When a patient goes to see a healthcare provider, it doesn't matter if it's a doctor, a dentist, uh, a transport, you have an ambulance hall, you have surgery, it doesn't matter. That doctor, on behalf of the patient, is going to create and submit a bill to whoever their insurer is. If you're a Medicare patient, it would be to the Medicare provider, the one that that particular state contracts with, a Medicare insurance company, to process that bill. And there's tons of these companies out there. Now, what and why do insurance companies operate? Well, they have stockholders. Here we go, those evil big corporations Joe Biden talks about all the time. Well, it was on his administration with Barack Obama that they created Medicare Advantage. Now, how does this work? If you're a Medicare patient, you pay out of your Social Security every month a small premium for your Medicare coverage. And with it, there is a copay. In other words, if you go to the doctor, every time you go to get a treatment, you pay whatever this fixed amount, excuse me, fixed amount is your copay. And then the insurance company will pay the rest. The rest being according to their contract with sitters for Medicare and medical services. Hmm. And then there's an annual deductible. So these insurance companies that have been doing this this way for years and years and years, they saw how horrible the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services and its predecessors, HICFA, how horrible that they were at processing claims. And so these big insurance companies went to CMS that's regulated by Congress, by the way, and they pitched a deal called Medicare Advantage to Congress. Now, how does this work? I, and I, I want you to understand at the top level how the process works. So they came up with a plan called Capitated. And so what does that mean? CMS gives the insurance companies, let's just say a big insurance company wants to contract with CMS to process all the claims for the state of Nevada. So they go to CMS and they get all of the data from CMS for all of the people, the Medicare patients previously in Nevada, 
and the dollars and cents for everything, what kind of problems they had, how were they treated, what was the money that was involved with, yada, yada, yada. And so then that insurance company, they contract with that state to handle all of those claims internally. But it works a little different. Because they're a private entity, the insurance company says, we could do it cheaper than you can. But we can do it and provide more and better services than you can, Mr. Government, because this is all we do and we're really good at it. And I got to be honest with you, I'm raising my hand. I've worked both sides of it, billing and collecting for medical providers under the old plan and doing it under Medicare Advantage. Medicare Advantage is much better. So how does it work? They get paid a lump sum by the government based upon the previous history, years past, of all the money that was paid out to those providers in that state by Medicare slash insurance company. And then those insurance companies, they put a package together and they sell it to the public. And you see these commercials all the time. You still get the same coverage, but there are a lot of benefits that are thrown in. You're, in many cases, you have no deductible. They eat it. You have no copay. And then they provide you with benefits that you did not get under the old straight Medicare plan. Like in many cases, you get a health member, health club membership free. There is a quarterly stipend that's given you to buy non-prescription stuff with. You know, go to CVS or Walgreens and do this kind of stuff. And I don't want to tire you out by going through the details. But you had to know what I was about to tell you, the details of it. Listen to this. Biden very quietly has announced that they're going to cut Medicare Advantage. Totally eliminated. You haven't heard about this, have you? No, this is one of those they won't push under the rug. Why is that? Well, the bureaucrats in D.C., look at all the money these insurance companies are making operating Medicare Advantage, and they don't like that. They want to take it back, and if they take it back, what's going to happen? Your cost, those $100 a month or whatever they are that are deducted from your Social Security check, for your Medicare policy amount, they're going to skyrocket. And then the coverages that are included in Medicare are going to go down. If you're a provider, like a doctor or a hospital, a hospital system, they're going to stick it to you because they'll stop paying you on the fee schedule that is a nationwide mandatory. Your doctor, if you go get like a CAT scan and your doctor charges you or your insurance company $2,000 for the CAT scan, they know, your doctor does, they have to contract with the federal government and they agree that they're going to accept the prices that are part of a fee schedule for every medical procedure there is the allowable amount. They may charge you $2,000 for a CAT scan. 
The contracted amount may be $400. All they're going to get is $400. The government steps back in and eliminates all of that. The cost to Americans will go up. Doctors will begin to fall out of being Medicare providers nationwide. And medical services go down. And what happens then before long? We end up doing what I personally witnessed years ago. We had a client, Washington Hospital Center in Washington, D.C., one of the biggest and the best medical facilities in the nation. They had a great, great cardiac and cardiac surgery unit, worldwide well-known. I had three different people reach out to me because we were doing all the billing up there for them. Reach out to me and said, can you connect me with somebody at Washington Hospital Center in their cardiac unit because I really need to get a bypass surgery. I'm in bad shape. And I'm on the waiting list in Canada. Socialized medicine. Government controls everything took it out of the hands of any kind of partnership with private vendors. And I'm on a nine-month waiting list. I don't think I can live that long. And I did just that. I connected them with Washington Hospital Center in a matter of days. They came to D.C. and had that bypass surgery. That will be gone. We will be flipped into operating just like Canada was then and still is, by the way. Medical procedures are allocated not based upon need, but based upon the political picture and the political picture only. And by the way, forget about, forget about the, uh, the freedom and justice of the American people. Forget about all of that. The government decides it will be, it. Uh, listen, if Medicare Advantage went away and it went away for the right reasons, like it wasn't working, and they, if they do this, they're going to tell everybody, oh, it's because it wasn't fair, it wasn't working. I'm in that system myself. I was in it the other way. It worked good the other way. Medicare Advantage is better because of the benefits that are included for the patients. Well, who pays for those benefits? The insurance company included that in the contract amount they negotiated with CMS, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid. In other words, it reduced the cost of the services to the federal government. That's why the federal government agreed to do it And now the federal government looks at what's going on and they think, hey, wait a minute. These evil corporations are making money off of us and therefore the American people, we can't allow that to happen. We'll show them, we'll step in and break it up and we'll be able to ration care to senior citizens. After all, those seniors, they don't deserve to be here any longer. You think I'm kidding, folks? I am not. And do you think that's something that's like way, way out there? Oh, you know, that'll never happen here. 
It's happening now. It's happening now. And we, you and I, are in the middle of living for that. If you're 65 or older, you're going to face this. And you're going to face it in just a few days. Our healthcare system, I've watched the last three or four years where it's really struggled to keep up with where it was and where it was known as being the best healthcare system on the planet. And it began to get restricted, getting assaulted by our government, go figure. Our government doesn't do that, do they? They don't go after individual corporations. They don't go after American people. That's not what they do, but it is exactly what they do, and you see it happening every day, everywhere you look. I hope you were here when you heard Glenn Beck on Tucker Carlson talking about what is imminent that is going to happen. And it is based upon, guess what, his prediction, exactly what's happening now. I mentioned the people in Germany. They never gave any thought to the even remote possibility of their nation, their military, their government slaughtering six million people that were slaughtered not because they had done anything wrong, because of who they were, the blood that flowed through their veins. They were Jewish. And they were exterminated because they were not only unnecessary, they were an eyesore. They were a pain to the government. Now, I'm going to end this by telling you something you probably don't know. You've heard the Mein Kampf name. That's a book that was written by none other than Adolf Hitler. And in that book, he laid out his suggested mission for the government through transition of the government of Germany. Do you know where Adolf Hitler was when he wrote that book? He was in prison. Spent three years in prison. He wrote this book when he was in there. Why was he in prison? For doing some of the exact same things, leading an insurrection, literally, not a fake insurrection, as it was labeled on January 6, 2021 here in the United States, but a real one where people picked up arms and went after other people, including the government. He wrote Monkoff that detailed what Nazism was all about and what it was going to do, and guess what happened? He gets out of prison, works his way back up through the military. He was in prison in the 30s, and at the turn of the 1940s decade, he's thoroughly entrenched and is in the process of completing the takeover of the people's minds of Germany. It's okay to exterminate people. They don't look like us. They act differently. They treat us bad. Jewish people back then were known to be hard workers as they are today. They were involved in businesses. They had great business expertise. And he instigated 
a hatred among German people for the Jewish people just because of that. Not because they'd done anything wrong. Certainly not because they'd done anything illegal. They didn't. Can you see a situation in our government today that would actually turn into being something like what happened in Germany? No, I can't imagine Joe Biden, Uncle Joe. I can't imagine him ever picking a segment of our society and having his government go after them, certainly not going after them in any way that would end up with any extermination. Every time Joe Biden speaks about the political system, you ever hear him use the term MAGA conservatives or MAGA people? Meinkoff identified the group of people in Germany that should not be allowed to even live, yet alone operate and interact with the German people, the good German people, the blonde German natives. Those are the people. Now, there are those that have tried to take that whole scenario and weaponize it against white America, going after black Americans, conflating the extermination of six million Jews with slavery in the United States, both are evil processes. And by the way, both are still in existence in some form or another in the world, not in the United States, thankfully, although we are hearing our leader himself denigrate a group of people, over a 100 million Americans, based upon a political philosophy that just ran different from his. What's the difference there that he's so angry about and that he labels conservatives? And it's not somebody that voted for Donald Trump. He has no idea who all voted for him but he paints this label on anybody that thinks differently than he does. MAGA conservatives, those evil MAGA sycophants, they're worthless, got to be demeaned. We can't ever let them get back in power. He doesn't want to talk about it. He never does. He doesn't want anybody in the media, for instance, to talk about those four years What happened under Trump? They'll point to, oh, he was impeached twice. He was investigated by a special prosecutor like no other in American history for three years. That was because he was evil, doing evil things. Nothing was true about any of that. And they're trying to do it again. I'm not in the tank for Donald Trump. I like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. There's one difference in my mind now. I've got some very close people, Christian people, that will hear what I'm about to say and they'll gnash their teeth a little bit. Donald Trump resonates with his communication skills and the process that he uses to talk to people. He resonates with a large segment of the American populace that will cuss when they talk sometimes. They'll tell a a dirty joke sometimes. If they don't tell one, they'll listen to it. I don't 
agree with that, any of that. But I do know this. In 2016 and in 2020, Jesus wasn't on the ballot. There wasn't anybody that I could vote for that was a perfect person that had all their stuff together and was totally 100% like-minded with me. That person wasn't on the ballot. I picked the person that I thought, based upon what the United States has always been about, our Constitution, the rule of law, and both of those elections, I voted for the person that I felt like would do the best job supporting the Constitution enforcing the rule of law, keeping us safe, and giving us an economic vision that would be implemented while they were in office that would keep things the way we saw previously that were bad that we didn't want to repeat or previously saw that were good things that we wanted to bring back. And the only person in my lifetime that has done that is Donald Trump. And you know what? There are lots of Democrats out there that feel the exact same way that I just said. Oh, they don't agree with it, and they don't want him back. They don't want him getting back and doing the things that he did before, not just talking about them, but did before. Will you, Dan, in the primary, will you vote? for Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump if they're both on the ticket? I won't vote for either one. What do you mean, Dan? I'm not a registered Republican. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize your new project means new tools. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of Craftsman. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for. Only from Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. Welcome back to the King Value Radio Network. I'm your host, Sandy. And I'm your other host, Carl. Sandy, we are getting loads of calls today about the fresh new $1 Double Crispy Cheesy Burger. Well, hello. With two flame-broiled patties, crispy onions, and cheesy sauce for only a buck, that's no surprise. Jim from Tucson, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, guys. I just want to say I took your advice, went to Burger King, I got a new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger for a buck. I couldn't be happier. Oh, congratulations. Say, Jim, what was your favorite part of the delicious new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger, the Flame Fresh Taste? Well, I'll tell you, it had two big flame-broiled patties, plus it had crispy onions and cheesy sauce, too. It was really delicious. Oh, don't forget the price, Jim. Oh, yeah, and it only costs a dollar. It's probably the best purchase I ever made. Probably, Jim. Okay, definitely. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Get the new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger with double the Flame Fresh Taste. 
In a world of weapons-grade stupidity, your defense is the truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. I would be remiss if I did not point out who the women's national basketball champion is this year. And that would be the LSU Tigers, who yesterday soundly defeated the team that was picked to win it all. Well, at least in the tournament, they're the ones that ousted South Carolina, who was the favorite everybody thought South Carolina would dominate, which they did. They were undefeated until they lost to Iowa, who LSU beat by 17 points yesterday. And the reason I point that out, it's first time in men's basketball or women's basketball, LSU has had a national championship team. But this was only the second season for their coach, Kim Mulkey. And I want to say kudos to Kim. I do know for a fact that she listens to this show sometime. She's a longtime friend. She was at Louisiana Tech a few years younger than me. But she was there when Marianne and I were there. And I did the uh, public address for the Lady Texters. That was the name of the Louisiana Tech basketball team. And she came as a just a firebrand basketball player uh, out of, um, oh my gosh, I just went blank. Hammond, Louisiana. It's east of Baton Rouge. She's a Louisiana native. She was a firebrand. Lady Texters won several national championships, and she got into coaching after she finished her playing career at Louisiana Tech as an assistant and was the odds-on to be the head coach at Louisiana Tech when um, Barmore, can't remember his first name, when he retired and he kept telling her he was going to retire next year, he wasn't going to retire next year, and he wouldn't retire, so she wanted to be a head coach. It was a big, ugly thing. But anyway, Baylor hired her, and she went to Baylor and won a couple of championships there. And then two years ago, LSU went and got her. Her uh, ex-husband's, Randy Robertson was a quarterback at Louisiana Tech. Both of them good friends. We've maintained friendships through the years. I don't see Kim very much, and I I can't remember the last time I saw Steve. But good people, and she obviously is an amazing coach. She took over a team that was horrible last season, and she went to the playoffs, second-round playoffs with her team last year. And this year, again, National championships, lady, not, I can't even say lady tigers anymore. We don't call them lady tigers. If you're from LSU in a sports event, you're a tiger. And as our former head coach in football used to say, Orgeron, go tigers. (laughs) Congratulations to the tigers. You know, there is something good that comes out of (laughs) news sometimes when we talk here. I told you we were going to hear from our buddies down at Sky News in Australia. And I check in with them quite often. I like to get their perspective simply because they're people from another nation. They're a conservative country as well in Australia. But their spin is not always the same as that of ours regarding a lot of things that happen on the earth. If you don't ever go look at or watch Sky News. I encourage you to do it. You can go to YouTube, and all you got to do is just put that name in there, Sky News, and different videos are going to pop up. Um, You hear them here every once in a while, usually once or twice a week. 
And it's just to get a different perspective. Most of their anchors are conservative. But every once in a while, there's somebody that is on the fence, and they especially are on the fence about Donald Trump. And so I listened to this over the weekend, and there's a guy named Jason Meister. I don't know if you've heard the name. He's an advisor on the Trump campaign. He has been on the two previous ones and is an advisor here. Sky News, an anchor who was a little left-leaning, interviewed Jason Meister over the weekend about what's going on in the Trump situation. Let's go live now to Trump Advisory Board member Jason Meister. Jason, thanks so much for your time. Your reaction? Thanks for having me. Look, I think they essentially just handed Donald Trump the keys to the White House in 2024, and they certainly gave him the nomination for the Republican uh, candidate for president. Look, this is that this is really when you when you look at this, this is about the integrity of our constitutional republic. You cannot have a ruling class who uses George Soros funded DAs to arrest and indict your political opposition. I don't care if you love Trump or you hate Trump. That is not how we run elections or how we run our justice system in the United States of America. Uh, this is a political persecution. It's an abomination, and everyone knows it. What to now, then? What does Donald Trump do from here? We've seen his statement. We read out the long statement on air. He points out all the uh, different uh, charges uh, against him, the, the times that his political opponents have either uh, tried to impeach him. He talks about impeachment one and two. Uh, he talks about the illegal raid on Mar-a-Lago, as he calls it. There you have it. This is on our screen I... now. This is political persecution, election interference at the highest level in history. From the time I came to the down the golden escalator at Trump Tower and even before I was sworn in as your president as the United States. The radical left Democrats, the enemy of the hardworking men and women of this country, have been engaged in a witch hunt to destroy the Make America Great Again movement. I would say, uh, Jason, I think all those things are true, but you fight fire with fire, don't you? Isn't this down to both sides doing that? No, I, he's not politically persecuting the establishment in this country. They're perse politically persecuting him. And he's absolutely right. When you look back at the Russia collusion hoax that threw our country in a constitutional crisis that was basically a, a, a paid-for dossier that Hillary Clinton campaign paid for that threw this country in a years-long uh, constitutional crisis. Then you look at impeachment one, impeachment two, the raid on his private residence. I mean, this is a years-long uh, uh, political persecution. They sabotaged his administration. They framed a three-star general and they sought to undermine a sitting U.S. president. And now they've brought this indictment on this unbelievably weak, weak as, as ever case. So I think that this just, you know, I would be running campaign ads using impeachment one, impeachment two, uh, the Mar-a-Lago raid, and now this ridiculous arrest and indictment, or I should say indictment now, and, and I would use that because they're targeting him because he's putting the American people first, and it's so obvious to everyone. And I don't care if you're a Democrat or you're a Repu Republican, you see what this is, and it's not this country. This is not America. This is what you do in third world banana republics. Yeah, look, it's hard to disagree with you on many levels, Jason, but... 
I agree that he does speak to those people and you just have to see over uh, the last couple of months since he, he warned about this indictment uh, being imminent, you've seen a bump, a huge bump in donations to his campaign. But does he have some responsibility about the division that is running rampant across the United States at the moment? No, actually, I, I don't believe he has any responsibility for the division. It's they, they've created a straw man. They've they've created a straw man and that doesn't exist, and they continue to persecute him because he's putting the American people first. And I think that this is, will have a huge impact going on in the 2024 race. Mm. I think that uh, the the biggest loser here is unfortunately Ron DeSantis, uh, because I think you're just going to see him continue to uh, pull away from the rest of the contenders. And and, and DeSantis is you see that he's about 30 points above DeSantis right now. I think you're just going to see it increase from here. Okay, so you're on the Trump advisory board. What what does that actually mean? Do you advise him on a daily basis? Do you know where he is today? Well, I believe he's in Mar-a-Lago, but I, I, I'm not sure of where he is currently. But uh, I am advisor to the campaign. Yeah. Uh, I, I was the advisor on the campaign in 2016. I was the advisor to the campaign in 2020, and I continue to be advisor going into 2024. Uh, and so I help uh, advise the president and the campaign. Okay, so what are his next steps then, uh, Jason? Do you think after this, we've seen this statement, are we going to see a mugshot? Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to see. I think any type of perp walk or handcuffs or visuals will only help him. I think that the left should should not want to have any of that out there because that those are going to be used against them going into 2024. But we'll see. I mean, they've already made the mistake of indicting him. I'm sure they'll make some some other mistakes along the way. Uh, but but as far as I'm concerned, I think he should continue to push out policies uh, and get to the American people about how, what he what 2024 looks like going forward, putting America first and explaining to the American people what the establishment is doing to him and why. And that's how I would advise him. And Jason, just finally, I mean, the long and the short of it is that he did pay off Stormy Daniels, correct? Well, actually, that's not correct. If you saw the last legal letter that we saw that came out in 2018, Mike, uh, Michael Cohen actually paid that those funds out of his own pocket. He was never reimbursed. That's why this case is a joke. And by the way, the, these non-disclosure agreements happen all the time. This is not a crime. It's not hush money. Yeah. Uh, this is a news story that, uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the, uh, Alvin Bragg has decided to, to put it out there. Mm. He, look, they had to indict. In my opinion, they had to do something because they teased their base that they were going to have this indictment but, for but years hasn't, hasn't, hasn't and so he they, denied, they between a rock and a hard has, place hasn't he denied having sex with stormy daniels well stormy daniels actually denied it she actually wrote a letter saying that it never happened uh and so that's again why this is just such a ridiculous case and why it's back it's going to backfire dramatically you hear some different things when you get some different opinions from different folks and you heard that Anchor, I don't even know who she is. I didn't recognize her uh, from her voice. But you hear her kind of digging in to make a point like, well, didn't he do this and didn't he do that? And thankfully, Jason Meister, I don't know Jason. I've heard his name, but that's about it. He basically came back and said, you want some facts? Well, here are the facts. Facts matter, but when you put facts in a political situation in the media, 
Not often do you come out with the facts that went into it. The left totally reject any of the truth that comes out about Donald Trump, always have. They couldn't believe he did what he did when he was president. They hated it because it put a slant in where they were headed with our government. They wanted they wanted Hillary Clinton to pick up that Barack Obama mantle that he had opened the door to and carry it for two terms, eight more years, and then hand it off to the next leftist that would come up. Donald Trump was the fly in the ointment. And as fact, in fact, as far as they're concerned, that's pretty much the way it is and probably always will be. Let's move on. Our U.S. military, we've got some real problems in our military. U.S. Armed Forces have one mission, they always have, and that's to protect us from our foreign enemies, plain and simple. Our troops today are as committed to that mission as they've ever been. But according to a brand new report, our warriors' ability to do their job, it's being undermined, and it's not being undermined so much by their military leaders, but by civilian leaders in the Pentagon who are more interested in woke indoctrination and partisan politics than they are in readiness for war fighting. The report of the National Independent Panel on Military Service and Readiness is an urgent warning about creeping politicization at the Pentagon and the impact it's having on our national defense. Nobody, nobody can credibly make any kind of argument that our military is better than it was under Donald Trump, certainly can't say that, and certainly can't credibly say that it's not much worse. Coming right out of that report, the Biden administration's whole of government embrace of woke politics, and again, you can't credibly deny that from top to bottom, woke politics That's the plan of the day, and it's becoming a very dangerous distraction for servicemen and women who signed up to protect and defend. They did not swear an oath to virtue signal. The top-line statistics compiled in the report are jarring. Listen to this. Last year, The Army missed its recruiting goal by 25%. They expect this year to be even worse. The Navy, the Air Force, and Marines began this new fiscal year in October 50% below their normal recruiting numbers. Our public confidence in our military, it's failing, and it's going down precipitously. And even military families from which most of the recruits come are less likely to recommend military life for their kids. So what explains this decline? You can't say there is no decline and just stop right there. You've got to agree there is and then look at it. So a poll came out a few months ago, and according to that poll, the most common explanations included military leadership becoming overly politicized and so-called woke practices undermining our military effectiveness. A 
Another survey found that 65% of active duty servicemen and women are concerned about this politicization, including the woke training programs that the Pentagon has instilled and equity-minded reduced physical fitness standards. Nobody has brought this out until recently. It's just hard for me to believe that we could go from where we were to where we are now in just two years. Troops aren't staying in the military. Troop retention rates are falling. As this report says, the perception that non-war fighting missions are distracting senior military leadership may alienate experienced, skilled, and knowledgeable war fighters incentivizing their early retirement, kind of like in police departments around the nation. Cops are bailing out left and right because of all of this wokeism. It's no coincidence that the Heritage Foundation's last annual index of U.S. military strength rated our armed forces preparedness as weak. From top to bottom in our military, Team Biden's DEI-focused initiatives are degrading the warrior ethos, which is grounded in values of courage, honor, and self-sacrifice. And in history, those are the things on which military morale, respect, and success depend. It's not upon politicization at all. The DOD, they tout their DEI, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion. That agenda, it's like a third tier of college apparently unaware that the institution they lead is by design exclusionary to ensure its readiness. Not everybody needs to serve in the military. Now, I'm not denigrating nations like Israel that have that requirement in place. Same thing in Switzerland. Every young person, when they come out of school, they're required to go through for four years some kind of military service. That's exclusionary, but it's inclusionary in that everybody can do something in our military to keep the military strong. Do you think it's by chance that all of a sudden around the world, nations and leaders of nations that have always, including even more so during the Trump administration, respected our military and their actions showed that they believed our military and our leaders were in a position and would take actions against them if they tried to do anything against us, that's all changed. Look at what's happened around the nation, around the world. Kim Jong-un, he didn't put a bullet in the air after he and Donald Trump met. And Trump basically told him, don't do it. Not a missile at all. He's flooding the airspace over in the uh, Asian seas over there with test missile fires. Why is he doing that? It's to keep the people of Japan and South Korea scared to death, thinking that he may attack them at any moment. Look at what Xi Jinping 
and the military in China are doing. They're about to, and I promise you, in my opinion, they're going to invade Taiwan. That has never happened in history. And Donald Trump made it very clear that Xi Jinping, it would not be allowable. They're about to invade. They just cut a deal with Brazil and Russia for the Chinese yuan, like our dollar, to become the reserve currency that they use when they trade with each other, taking the United States out of that place. That's all happening on Joe Biden's watch. That's all happening subsequent to DEI-focused initiatives, diversity, equity, and inclusion. The stupidest plan I've ever heard of. I owned several companies at one time. I owned the latest one for 30-something years. We made equality be the thing, the agenda throughout all of our companies. And it didn't matter what your sex was, your skin color was, how you talked, where you were from. None of that mattered. If you went to work for us and you worked there, you were a contributor and you loved contributing in the company, the atmosphere that we included there, and we did not pick winners and losers. We gave everybody the same opportunity, exactly the same as anybody and everybody working around them. And if you did the job and did a great job, you were looked at and you got all kinds of opportunities for advancement. In that company today, most of the managers in that company have come from the bottom and worked their ways up to being in senior management. They're African-American. Females, by the way. That doesn't apply any longer in the Biden administration. China recently met Xi Jinping with our buddies in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia has firmly been in the camp of the American people for years and years and years. Saudi Arabia agreed last week to build a massive oil refinery in China. Not any longer China being the number one user and buyer of Saudi Arabian oil and importing it from Saudi Arabia... Saudi Arabia is going to build a refinery in China for the Chinese people to operate. Do you think nobody in Xi Jinping's administration or in Vladimir Putin's administration heard that committee hearing last week that you heard here when the number one and number two people in our military, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs sat in front of these people in the, the committee hearing and were made to look fools of because they did not even know the specifics of what's happening in our military and what people in our military leadership are doing underneath them on their watch. They didn't even know. Glenn Beck earlier in the show today, he said, we will have war. 
in 2025 if we don't have it before. I, you know, I, I don't believe that the sky is falling. I don't, and I don't believe the United States is in the rearview mirror. I just don't believe it. But what I am saying is we can only be as strong as the weakest among us in every area, education-wise, for many, many, many years, many years. We were at the top of the heap. No more. We're not even in the top 25 in the world's standings. Our military, we're not even in the top two now. What does that mean? That means when you're not the toughest kid on the block, that means you're going to take shots from people that who used to wouldn't even think about coming and going toe-to-toe with you in every area. Our southern border is being flooded every day. I don't even have time to bring the numbers to you, but the numbers in March of people coming across our southern border, it ramped up higher. The previous two months, it had gone down. Joe Biden taking victory laps over that, and it was because of his amazing leadership in illegal immigration, which, by the way, not a single person should come across that border or any border without doing so legally. There is a process for doing that that has made us, for generations, the number one accepting nation for legal immigrants every year. In fact, we have for years let in a million every year, and they have become American citizens every year. If you add together worldwide all of the other countries that have allowed people to come in and immigrate and become citizens, all of them in the world, the numbers don't even come close to our one million that we do every year. And Joe Biden has destroyed it all. And then there's this, the gender and sexuality development program at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, CHOP. It offers drastic medical interventions as part of the gender transition process to kids, and you're going to puke when I tell you this. They're offering it now aggressively to kids as young as eight. That's according to documents reviewed by the Daily Caller News Foundation. CHOP's Youth Gender Clinic, one of the first in America, is a major transmedical provider in Pennsylvania, has strong ties to who? Rachel Levine, a former trans activist who today serves in the Biden administration as the U.S. Assistant Secretary for Health. This clinic recently came under fire for holding seminars where teachers were instructed on how to hide students' trans identities from their parents. We've heard about this stuff happening, but it was like, oh no, that's a, that's a conspiracy theory. It's not. Clinic employees promoted cross-sex procedures for children while they downplay the risk. The clinic has referred children as young as 14 for top surgery. What would that stand for? You know what it is. It's a euphemism for mastectomies or breast construction. 
though most referrals are for patients age 16 to 18, 14 years old. The clinic co-founders, Dr. Linda Hawkins and Dr. Nadia Dauschen, advocate for top surgery for minors back in a 2021 paper published in Pediatrics, which is the medical journal of the American Academy of Pediatrics. We observe consensus that chest dysphoria is a major source of distress and can be functionally disabling to transmasculine youth. MCS performed during adolescence, including before age 18, can alleviate suffering and improve functioning. That's what these two women wrote in their paper. This is 2021. The clinic worked to secure surgical refers for minors and even employed a social worker who served as a surgery advocate, collecting letters of support on behalf of gender dysphoric minors in order to persuade insurance companies to cover their surgeries. A staffer had previously pushed for such a position to be funded with the help of then Acting Secretary of Health for the state, Rachel Levine. She was in Pennsylvania doing the same thing Biden hired her to do in Washington, D.C. I think, I think it's really important to remember that age is a number, Levine said. But as an adolescent medicine and developmental specialist, we know that where a child is cognitively and socially more important than that the exact number of their age. So this hospital's professionals laid out the gender clinic's guidelines for sex change procedures. And they did that in a webinar on the clinic's standards of care, which the hospital created in partnership with the Pennsylvania Department of Human Services, obtained through a public records request. The clinic advised, oh, I love this. This is an equity term they're using. Affirmation of a child's gender identity and social transition to the opposite sex for kids under the age of eight who are too young for medical, too young for medical non-conforming surgeries. For medical interventions, patients must experience long-lasting gender non-conformity, which emerged or worsened at the onset of puberty and have any coexisting medical, social, and psychological issues addressed prior to the onset of medical treatment. That's according to this webinar. I could go on and on and on. And it just gets worse. This craziness going on in our college campuses... You heard about the debacle that happened a couple of weeks ago out at Stanford when somebody who was on the staff that was supposed to be somebody that was all in for the First Amendment, the freedom of speech. This officer, this teacher, this faculty member at Stanford University, of all places, had to come into one particular class after a judge 
from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, a federal judge from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, was invited to come speak to that class. And when he got up before that class and started speaking, the students in mass stood to their feet and started screaming at him that what he was saying, the things he was saying, run against them and they consider it being an attack on the way they think. This is a federal judge, and he's at Stanford University in their law school. And these kids are going crazy. And I say kids, I consider anybody that's in college a kid. I don't care how old you are. They were, I'm sure, you know, 20, 21, 22. But they were on their way, well on their way to become adults. They're supposed to be already learned, educated about everything that's important to us. And they're screaming, attacking him for giving a speech, which, by the way, that's what the First Amendment is all about. And the reason they were attacking him and this faculty member had to come in and quiet the, the, uh, the group down, the faculty member agreed with the students That whole thing, that is an illustration of what attacks on the First Amendment are all about. These kids were griping because what this judge was saying made them feel uncomfortable. And it was an attack on the way they felt when what was happening was the First Amendment. This is the United States of America, my friends. If we don't do something, this crazy decline that is precipitous in timing, it's destroying who we are. And it's taking at least one generation, maybe two, maybe three, and putting them on a march towards totalitarianism. And sadly, Hardly any of them realize it, and they certainly wouldn't agree with it. And oh, by the way, that faculty member that came in and basically was supposed to quieten those kids down, she was in the tank, and she was suspended from from that university because of it. And oh, by the way, two judges, two federal judges, put out over the weekend, separate from each other, they put out that they will no longer accept any assistance from Stanford Law University because of what they saw happening there at formerly one of the premier law schools in the world. We're out of time. Go figure. Hey, thank you. Thank you for being here. You have a wonderful Monday. Thanks so much. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock right here at TNN Live. Have a great day. Spend all your time waiting for that second chance For the break that would make it okay
Thank you.